Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Feeling groovy as usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday. We will have a 4th of July show. Yep. Uh, we will be recording it. It's not like some show we recorded three years ago and we're going to throw at you tomorrow. Uh, we'll be recording it uh, maybe after this, maybe tomorrow morning, but uh, probably be a rough cuts type format. So don't miss the show. You know, uh, as always, a lot going on and uh, it's just interesting with the I don't I wasn't going to cover this today. But before I dive into the show, it's fascinating how liberals, you know, are losing their minds over the Supreme Court pick, Joe. Oh. And uh, of course, the scare tactics on um, abortion come up right away. Uh, right. Oh, that's the first thing they do is because yeah. abortion to the left is a sacrament. Yes. But, uh, you know, I'm reading a piece in The Wall Street Journal today and, I, and, I, and they're absolutely right. Liberals, what are you so afraid of? What are you so afraid of? If America is so settled on abortion um, and and the uh, the so-called right to terminate life in the womb, if America is settled on the question, Joe, right? Right. We're all settled. It's settled, and this should, we should not overturn uh, you know settled law. And everybody agrees. And this is, if if we're settled on it, then what are you so worried about? I mean, think about it, Joe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I... If everybody seems to agree on abortion, and and that a justice who's potentially pro-life and could overturn Roe is such a threat to the system, Mm -hmm. then that would require that there was some kind of mass consensus on the question. Let me give you a better example of this. You see, that's how I get off track, but it's important because I read this right before I came in the air and I'm like, this is a critical point you all need to understand. How the left, the narrative, the narrative, the narrative. It's all about the narrative, but it's never based in actual fact and what's going on. Joe, you're on with politicians all the time yeah. in the radio show. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk to politicians frequently, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Is there any consensus to overturn, say, Plessy versus Ferguson? In other words, racially segregated schools. Any. Is anybody calling into WCBM going, we should go back to de jure government segregation in schools? Anyone? Not a soul, Dan. No, not a soul. You're right. Outside of like a complete psychopath, nobody is calling for that. Nobody. Because it was obviously the wrong decision. Obviously. To segregate, I'm talking about the decision to enforce government segregation. That's obvious. It was was obviously a stain on the country. There's no question about that amongst any sane, rational person, okay? Joe, also, is there any consensus on, say, uh, government-enforced sterilizations for people who uh, uh, for people who may have some kind of um, uh, handicap? Anything? Is there any consensus to go back to that? No, no, no. Okay, thank you, because this was dumb. It was right. a stupid, immoral decision. There is zero. Nobody's going to ask a Supreme Court justice about that because it's accepted morally, ethically, legally, and everything else that these were horrible stains on the country. If the right to an abortion, right, the air quotes, is so agreed upon, then what are you so worried about, right? If it's a mass consensus, like forced segregation, forced sterilization was wrong, which it obviously was, there is a mass consensus, Mm -hmm. then why are you worried? If public opinion is so in your favor about the right to terminate life in the womb, why are you, why is it so fragile then? That's, you know, that's a great argument. Yeah. You're so terrified that one person, one justice appointed to the Supreme Court at the associate justice level will turn over this entire precedent, yet you're so convinced everybody agrees with you? Maybe you're wrong. Has that ever occurred to you? Ah, really terrific. Uh, journal. There was a couple actual pieces in the journal today about that, but uh, you know that that's absolutely right. Areas of mass consensus that you know where where society is definitely moving in the in the positive arc of history. There's no concern about things like that. There's only concern about things where people start to say, "This was wait, is this is this abortion thing right? Is this right?" Maybe moral people are starting to say, ah, maybe termination of life in the womb um, is not a good thing for society. Better just take it easy. You bet. See, he listens to the show. He listens to the show. Take it. Someone, the listeners sent me that, by the way. You were gold. That was great. Yeah, that thanks. was a great poll. Well, our audience is the best. That wasn't even part of my show prep today. Um, I just finished the article right before I got up uh, on the air. All right. Um, uh, this Antifa thing. Did you see the Antifa video? The Antifa guy with the baton? I'm going to get to that. In nah, a I didn't right. see that one, no. Yeah, you, man. The, you, this is just, it goes to prove our point, Joe. 
All right, get to that in a second. Today's show brought to you by buddies at iTarget. If you are going to own a firearm, you need to learn how to operate that firearm proficiently. This is important. I I was lucky. I got uh, some of the best training in the world from the NYPD, the United States Secret Service, on how to operate a firearm, a shotgun, a machine gun, the Heckler & Koch MP5, auto, uh, uh, automatic, uh, semi-automatic, the Remington 870, the uh, the, uh, Fabrique National P90, and the handgun, the secret, uh, excuse me, the Six Hour P229. So one of the things they teach you in the Secret Service and the NYPD are the obvious, uh, you know, mechanics of shooting, sight alignment, sight picture, grip, trigger control. These are all very, very important. Now, there's a couple ways you can practice those things. You can go to the range, which is good, which is great, as a matter of fact. But the range can be expensive. You have to buy the ammunition. You have to clean the weapon. You have to find the range. Um, sometimes you don't live conveniently near one. The iTarget Pro System, uh, they're going to give you a way to practice your uh, proficiency with your firearm in the safety and security of your own home. Here's how you do it. Uh, You go to iTargetPro.com. That's the letter I, TargetPro.com, and you buy their system. And it's it's very competitively priced, by the way. Uh, Very affordable. And they will send you a laser round for the firearm you have now. You don't have to mess with the firearm you have at all. Whatever you have, a 229, a 228, Glock, Smith & Wesson, Ruger, it doesn't matter. They have these laser rounds for all those weapons. It won't damage your weapon in any way, shape, or form you're going to insert that laser round into a safely unloaded gun you're going to check you're going to check twice you're going to check three times to make sure it is safely unloaded you drop that laser round in there when you depress the trigger on that safely unloaded weapon you will see that it'll emit a laser that's why it's a laser round onto a target they send you and you'll see where those rounds uh have gone which is beautiful because now you know dry firing regularly you know in other words pulling the trigger on a safely unloaded weapon they call that dry firing you have no idea you have no idea where the rounds would have gone now you know and you'll get to practice your sight alignment your sight picture equal light on both sides level across the top this is a great system go to itargetpro.com that's the letter itargetpro.com use promo code dan for 10 percent off you will not regret it this is the best system out there i get emails from people who cannot put this thing down itargetpro.com slash dan Okay, so uh, a couple of folks yesterday, I didn't have a lot of time yesterday to cover this because we were so stacked up with information. It always happens on a Monday after a busy news weekend. Antifa. There was an Antifa, another Antifa-induced riot in Portland, Oregon. They're, uh, they're, they're getting pretty good at this, Joe, Antifa. Mm-hmm. They are uh, very skilled at starting violent riots because that's what they do. That's what Antifa is. They worship violence. Uh, they say they're anti-fascist. They're actually, uh, they should call themselves pro-fa, pro-fascist because yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what they are. These are fascists. Yeah. They use violence to intimidate people. Now, in a show I did a couple weeks ago, I was explaining to you all the difference between uh, protected violence and unprotected violence. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you this enough. This is not in any any kind of virtue signaling. I'm not trying to, you know, b- play the nice guy when quietly I'm, uh, you know, behind the scenes sitting there with my feeling. Oh, gosh, if we can just, uh, if we can, you know, if we could just scheme people into believing otherwise. That's not the case. I'm, I'm passionately, passionately. uh <sighs> Sometimes I, I I hesitate to talk about this stuff because I, with all this talk about virtue signaling, I feel like whatever you say, you put yourself in a corner here. But this means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. I mean, be prepared. But these people are, I believe in the end, if, if you can hence my, you can see my, uh, or hear my, my hesitation here. Hey, do what you always do. Just go with it, bro. Just do it. I just feel like I don't want to be your, you know, your preacher. That's not my thing. And I, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't go on the air and because I'm a sinner too, folks. I mean, obviously, and I'm not trying to be, this isn't like one of those 12 step programs, but I really believe the morals and ethics of this fight matter. I believe they do. Uh, I'm def- you know, defending yourself makes a difference, but being on the right side of this makes a difference because I do believe in the second creation and the power of what you're doing here is your ticket to that. These people are violent. And if they're going to bring violence on us, you have to defend yourself, of course. But engaging in any form of proactive violence on our part is 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 a, a moral stain on our movement. But I've said to you repeatedly that they are not ready 
for what's going to happen to them if they insist on going down this path. And if you watch the video footage from that Antifa riot in Portland, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. There's one specific clip. Uh, many of you have seen it. I'll describe it to you for some that haven't. There's a, It was some kind of a rally for a conservative candidate. And then, of course, Antifa showed up and they want violence because that's what they do. And they got it. They started throwing things, throwing bottles. He's Antifa, far left radical uh, uh, leftists. And uh, of course, a fight breaks out, which always happens because that's what Antifa wants. Right. There's this one Antifa kid, Joe. He has an extendable baton. Uh, some of you have seen these before. Some of you may not know what they are. They, they're they're short. They, they're no longer than the size of, say, two pencils. And what they do is when you flip them open, they extend outwards. That's why they're called extendable batons. Right. Police departments use them. Um, I never liked these things. We had them in the Secret Service. I mean, I probably shouldn't say this. I didn't even carry mine. I think they're terrible. Uh, in the police department, yeah, <laughs> we had the uh, we had the PR-24s in the NYPD, which was the, it's the nightstick with the handle that shoots off the side. Oh, yeah. Now, now those are, as an effective impact weapon, in my opinion, if you know how to use it, are the are the best impact weapons out there for self-defense. Um, the PR-24 I was trained on, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people don't know how to use it. They use it like an axe. You, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Where it has yeah. a side handle, and they use it. That's not what, you know, it's you're supposed to do, or they forget their training, and no one teaches you to do that in the police department. But if you know how to use it and use that side, side handle, it is a pretty effective impact weapon to defend yourself with. The extendable baton, in, in my opinion, is, is it's not garbage. It's it, it doesn't have the, 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 the mass behind it. Now, I say that because someone must have told this Antifa protester, who's a skinny mini, by the way, that when this fight breaks out, you pull out this extendable baton, Joe, you extend it and you hit these people and you're going to do some serious damage. Mm. But again, in the cocoon of protected uh, confrontation, which Antifa and other far leftists live in, where they can spit on conservatives, run conservatives off the stage, attack conservatives, um, start fires at conservative events. This is what they do. They're typically protected by law enforcement from the consequences of their violent actions. I don't want to repeat uh, the show I did a couple weeks ago. You can listen to that show. But I, I was trying to make the point in that show that there is a substantial difference between cocooned, protected violence and unprotected confrontation. With, and, and the difference, show is there's no end. Right. In protected confrontation, you can punch someone, assault someone, and you know the bouncer in the bar or the cop is going to break it up eventually, and you are protected from the consequences of that. Right. Unprotected, unending violence is a completely different thing and is a mentally disturbing experience that when you experience it for the first time, you will never want to experience it again. There is no tapping out with unprotected violence. There's no bell that's going to ring for you. There is no police officer that's going to protect you. You are going to have to finish that confrontation yourself. If not, you will be finished. You will be either hurt seriously or potentially dead. It is a horrible, horrifying experience we should all avoid. When you're in it, you'll understand. I explained to you my story with the police department, with the domestic violence incident, when the guy buckled me in half with an ironing board, started pounding on my face, and you realize, gosh, even though I had been trained in uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a lot of other stuff and been in a lot of scuffles myself, I had never been in a situation where I thought to myself, wow, this could end really badly for me, like dead. Thankfully, my partner was there. Now, if you watch the video, just put it in Portland, Oregon, Antifa, you'll see what happens with this guy. He extends this extendable baton. I'm sure he was told by his protected confrontation Antifa people who've never been in a, a real uh, fight situation before. You just hit the guy with this and they'll go right down. Don't you worry. I don't know if he read that on the label, Joe, or if they saw that in a YouTube video somewhere. But in the real world, that's not quite how it worked out, folks. Well, what happened in the video? You didn't see it, right, Joe? I didn't see it, no skinny mini antifa clown extends the baton and decides he is going to strike uh violently a approximately 230 pounds six foot two uh conservative second amendment supporter uh who who ruh uh, is right this did not work out well no. for him at all he you watch the video it's so disturbing he hits him on the arm with the extendable <laughs> baton the antifa the the antifa guy i i guess thinks the guy's gonna go down screaming in pain because he saw that in a youtube video somewhere uh or someone told him that in a how to beat up conservatives rally seminar in the uh in the safe space in the college he goes to and the second amendment guy does not even 
flinch. Matter of fact, it's it's almost as if he's swatting off a mosquito. Uh, <laughs> it's it's you know if you've seen the video, you know what I'm talking about. If not, again, this is the one downside of having a an audio only show. That may yeah. change soon, by the way. But. Yeah. The one downside, but I hope my my uh, I, I'm giving you enough visuals. We understand he swats it off. I'm not kidding. Like he's swatting away a fly. There's no like ooh. Uh, there's no wince in pain. There's no nothing. And now you see the Antifa guy like uh oh uh oh. <laughs> so he hits him again, and he, he the second time he moves even less. It's almost like he makes no attempt to even block it. Okay, that didn't hurt the first time. So. Next thing you know, this all happens quickly. This is maybe five seconds of footage right here. The Second Amendment guy closes the gap, which is uh, he he clearly has some kind of hand to hand combat experience. You can tell whether it's stand up, Thai boxing, I don't know, boxing. I have no idea what it is. Mixed martial arts. But he closes the gap rather quickly, throws a devastating right cross. And uh, and again, I'm not rec- please, folks. I can't I, I can't put the caveat in here enough. I am never I am never in a supporter of proactive violence. But this guy's clearly defending himself. He punches the guy in the face and knocks him out cold, oh. cold, cold. Yeah, it's not pretty. Whoa. But the guy, if you continue to watch the video, you'll see the Antifa protester on the ground. Uh, d- watch what happens. And I want to. I mean, I want to emphasize this because this goes to show you that there are real consequences, again, to unprotected real world violence. He hits his head. This is serious stuff. This guy could have died. Um, I don't even know what happened to him. But when you get knocked out or tapped out, as has happened to me many times, you go stiff, Mm -hmm. really stiff, like your muscles tighten up and you become like a board. And if you watch them drag the Antifa kid away, I mean, he's knocked out cold, Joe. He's completely stiff. He's not limp at all. And they pick him up and he it looks like they're picking up like a sheet of plywood. He moves as one unit. Um, I don't know what happened. He may have broken his jaw, but it's serious stuff. I mean, it's not a joke. Right. And I'm not sitting here like you celebrating any of this. This is I'm just telling you, people are going to defend themselves. And as I've warned you, and I'm doing this as a public service announcement to our violent liberal friends again. To beg you and implore you to not go down this path because you're not at all prepared for the consequences. This kid walked away like a piece of plywood. You got to see them lift him up. He, 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 it, it's, it's sad to watch, but he clearly got in the face and hit the wrong guy. Don't say I didn't tell you. Sadly, you're going to see more of this because liberals just keep going down this violent path. You know... Uh, one more thing on this too. It's it's um, we had that awful shooting down by Joe. Actually, not far from Joe at all. Right. I mean, what was that? About five miles from the house, Bestgate Road. Not, not about is, ten minute drive, something like that. Yeah, I mean, you got to go down Route Two, mm-hmm. cross the bridge, and that's the first exit. Bang. Uh, that horrible shooting at the Capitol Gazette in Maryland, uh, in Annapolis, Maryland. Five people died. Um, I know that paper well, the Capitol Gazette, uh, very well. Actually, I know Eric uh, Hartley, who was one of the subject of the uh, of the maniac. Uh, uh, it was, you know, was one of the guys he was going after, but, um, you know, when it, when it, when it comes to that, it's, it's interesting how they tried to pin that immediately on conservatives and what they say attacks on the media folks, nobody's attacking the media. We're defending ourselves against the media that's attacking us. And I'm, 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 I'm strongly encouraging you all. To not accept that de facto narrative. That is not the narrative. Nobody's encouraging violence. What are you, crazy? Are you nuts? I just gave this whole thing again. This is this, this warning to everyone about this proactive violence, how you're not prepared for the horrible consequences. But don't accept the narrative at all that somehow attacks on the media. The media is attacking us and has been for eons. Republicans are racist. And, you know, the istophobic phobophobes. You just put an istrophobe at the end of any word. The media has been compliant in that. You are perfectly entitled and within your rights in a free country with free assembly and free speech and thankfully a free media. As I've said, I, I, I strongly defend the media's free speech rights. No question about it. But the media is also free to be stupid, and they have been. You are absolutely free and within your rights to defend your character and yourself against the media. What I find interesting, and the reason I bring this up is there are almost, there's all these calls from the Democrats now, Joe. We have to dial back attacks on the media. Keep in mind, there's no talks about the media dialing back attacks on us. Right. None. 
But what's fascinating is the same media people, there are very few calls by media people to dial back the grotesque attacks on Republicans. Bam. None. You had Jennifer Rubin, who is a, a total loon. Jennifer Rubin, she pretends to be a Republican. On, an, on a weekend news show saying how Sarah Sanders has no right, that's the word she used, no right to live her life, quoting, no fuss, no muss, because she's a representative of the Trump campaign, or the Trump uh, presidency, excuse me. She has no right? You have a, 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 a person who is a talking head and a writer for major papers and major news outlets who claims to be a Republican on television Basically telling people to confront people and harass people in public. There are no calls whatsoever for that to stop. Yet all of a sudden, because some maniac shoots up the Capitol Gazette. Tragically, all of a sudden, we're, we're supposed to now allow the media to attack us repeatedly and over and over because we had something to do with this. Are you insane? But not only they not call for people, hey, guys, maybe it's time to start hitting the Republicans on principle and not make this personal. There are no calls for that. They double down, Joe. These people are total hypocrites, ladies and gentlemen. Do not fall for this narrative gaslighting nonsense. Remember, tell a lie, gaslighting. Tell a lie, tell it over and over, mm-hmm. tell it confidently, and isolate people from the truth. And that story will be calcified as the truth, even though it's false. You had nothing to do with this at all. We are not attacking the media. The media is attacking us. We're defending ourselves. There's a difference. Nobody had anything to do with this horror. The shooter did. And by the way, I've said that over and over about the Bernie Sanders guy who shot up the baseball field in Alexandria and everywhere else. So don't 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 even think about claiming some, oh, well, you haven't been consistent. No, we have. Just listen to the show. All right, uh, I got a lot more to get to today. Sorry, I'm a little fired up this morning. Got a lot, of, <laughs> got a lot to do. All right, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at WaxRx. Um, I've been getting some fascinating emails about, and I do mean fascinating. I send them to my wife and uh, <laughs> about WaxRx. It's an ear cleaning product, and uh, man, does it work. Some of the emails, I, I'd read them on the show, but they're like, people are stunned. They're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that was in there. Uh, You all know how much I love my sponsors and only work with companies I believe in and have a product or service that is of value to you. Listen, WaxRx is not the sexiest product to talk about, but as I've told you, I had to deal with it. Uh, These earwax buildup problems I did uh, when I wore an earpiece all day in the Secret Service. It was terrible. I didn't even realize what was going on inside those ears. The story I'm about to share illustrates how the right product can change your life. It's from a listener whose nephew had his life changed by WaxRx. This is an actual email we got. My nephew, Brandon, dreamed of becoming an EMT and entered training. He quickly discovered he could not hear through his uh, stethoscope. Without being able to hear the patient's breathing or heartbeats, he wasn't going to be able to complete his EMT training. Uh, We recommended he try WaxRx, and he used it to clean his ears. Amazingly, he removed a large blockage of wax from both sides. I get emails like this all the time. Instantly, he could hear everything, including through his stethoscope. With his hearing restored, he finished his training and is now an EMT. Congrats, Brandon. Right now, you can try the WaxRx system by typing in GO! WaxRx.com. That's go waxrx.com. Use offer code Dan at checkout for free shipping. Don't wait. You have no idea what you might be missing because of inner earwax. You don't know what you're not hearing. You know why, Joe? You're not hearing it. Who knows? It might change your life. What? Go waxrx. <laughs> go waxrx.com. Offer code Dan. By the way, I did get your sturgeon joke yesterday. Okay. I got it. I thought you I, did. I, someone yeah. email. I swear, if I don't get it, Joe's very clever. He's super funny. But if you listen to yesterday's show, Joe, who is the wittiest cat around, because I don't prepare this with him. Hey, Joe, think of a witty line for the. He just comes out like he just did. What? what? That's a joke. <laughs> and you know what? That's from Joe being in radio for 700 years, where he's had the. Right? Isn't yeah, it? Exactly. You've had a lot of training in live radio trying to be like the foil for radio hosts yeah. and try to be funny. But I did get his. I promise you, for the, to the guy who emailed me, like, Dan, you missed Joe's. Joe's joke about sturgeon, you'll get it. Go, it's a, it was an Omax read. I saw you got it. I, I know. It's a fish. I get yeah. it. Sturgeon, surgeon, hearts. I, I understand what he was talking about. I just, uh, honestly, and you know, it's a little behind the scenes, folks. 
Sometimes Joe knows I get distracted easily. He can see me through the camera. I'm, I'm either sometimes I just I have another story on my mind, or I want to get to the next one, or I don't want to miss something. And I I heard it. I was just thinking about the next thing to talk about. So, see, where else can you do this? It's only on this show. But I did get the joke, of course, Joe. You're always funny. Thank it you. was great. Ah, uh, let's see where are we going next. Let's see. Stop a text. Tarmac meeting. Oh, 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 oh. What did I tell you? What did I tell you about the tarmac meeting? If you're a listener to the show. I remember. Yep. We called it. I said to you a little while ago that there is no way the infamous Loretta Lynch, former Obama administration attorney general, that her meeting with Bill Clinton on the tarmac in Phoenix, Arizona, was as random as people wanted you to believe. Now, I don't know. Maybe it was a month ago we talked about it, three weeks ago. I'm not sure. But just to repeat, now it's coming out. There are a number of stories out there. Uh, You can read them anywhere, Washington Examiner, Breitbart, that the meeting between Bill Clinton and the tarmac uh, was not as random as they wanted you to believe. And I had said to you, uh, you know, I don't even know why I'm bringing this up again. It sounds like I'm being too self-celebratory, and I'm not. I just want you to know you're not wasting your time in the show. That the way the Secret Service detail with former President Bill Clinton works, which he will have for life now, is there's always the confliction that happens everywhere. Um, If there's another security detail at the airport that's armed, even a low-level advance for a former president, which is a pretty low-level advance at that point, um, they will always ask the airport or someone else, you know, are any other VIPs going to be around here? They have armed details. Are they going to be anywhere around our protectee? Uh, Loretta Lynch, who was the attorney general at the time, of course, would have an armed detail. There is no way they didn't know. Um, I'm not, folks, I don't need to say any more than that. I sincerely doubt they were talking about their grandkids as Loretta. Lynch continues to insist. Um, I, but I don't know. I wasn't there for the conversation. It would be irresponsible for you to, for me to put words in their mouth. Oh, they were talking about getting rid of the Clinton email investigation. They may have. I certainly wouldn't put it past either one of them. Um, but I can't confirm that for you because I don't have that information. I'm only here to tell you that the, the, the Democrat narrative, that this was some random encounter that nobody knew about, is nonsense. And now we have some confirmation. If you read the reports, you'll see that the security details um, did, in fact, uh, marry up. Sometimes you have to toot your own horn. The president's right. See, he listens to the show, as we've said <laughs> repeatedly. Sometimes you do. But we did say that uh, that's how it works. When you do these uh, advances, folks, and you're a Secret Service agent, even for, like I said, a relatively low-level detail, uh, one of the things you have to put on a survey is, are there going to be any other armed details, armed security, whatever it may be, present? Um, so it's it wasn't a mystery to me. I'm not trying to be, uh, you know... Uh, Again, celebrate myself here, but you didn't waste your time. We told you that, so now it's confirmed. I don't think anybody else would have thought to tell the listeners that. I mean, that made perfect sense. Perfect sense. Yeah. We wouldn't have known unless you're a ex-Secret Service or whatever else there yeah, is in the I, government. I mean, yeah. You never... You just don't do that. I remember when we, you know, when you're uh, when we were doing the United Nations visits in New York. When I was in the New York field office and the UN was in town, how many armed security details you think are at the UN? I mean, the whole oh. hotel is armed, but you would have to list it out who was in that hotel. You know, the president of Iran, the president of uh, the the Taoiseach of Ireland, whatever it may be. You would have to put that down on a form so everybody knew who was there. Yeah. It was important for deconfliction. So I found the story that oh, it was completely random and nobody knew. It's, it's it was bogus, folks. It was bogus from the start. So uh, someone clearly knew and passed it to Bill Clinton. Um, okay. Where are we going next with this? All right. I have a really, really great article in the show notes today. I have a couple of good ones. Today's show notes is pretty uh, are pretty good. Uh, Joe, I sent them to you before the show yep. today, by the way. So you should have them in your inbox because I was working on them all morning. Um, I, I got a lot of feedback yesterday from listeners who... I don't know if they were insinuating that I was confused or maybe they're confused. I'm not really sure where some of them were going um, with it. But we did yesterday's show about the dangers of socialism, democratic socialism, because there's no such there's, there's no distinction between the two. And I talked about the political strategy the Democrats are trying to engage in by not denouncing socialism by and simultaneously not claiming allegiance to it. There's a reason for that. The reason I only have to repeat this again, not an effort to waste your time, but to set up where the listener feedback showed me where I may have erred a little bit in my explanation. And I think you mistook that for confusion. It didn't. And I'm going to elaborate a little more today and hopefully this will make some sense. 
The Democrats are, are, are in a corner right now. They're in a corner because focus group tested talking points forever on democratic socialism have 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 gaslighted Democrat voters out there and younger millennials and other people that will support the Democrat Party into believing that democratic socialism means free stuff. Um, it, it, it that's not what it means. Socialism is not democratic. It's never democratic. Socialism is, in fact, the government confiscation of the means of production. I said that yesterday. Now, this is important. Now, a lot of people email me and say, Dan, I think you got this wrong. I, I got four or five, six emails, which on that particular topic is a lot. Hmm. And they said, I think you got this whole thing wrong. Um, That's communism, what you're describing. Socialism, people can vote, but the government can have a degree of control over the means of production. Communism uh, is the full confiscation of the economic and political system. Folks, I didn't get it wrong. I did not get it wrong. This is my entire life. This is all I do is read this stuff. I enjoy it. I'm not trying to pretend to be highbrow with you. I did not get it wrong at all. I did not miscalculate. It is that specific miscalculation, I think, on some of the listeners' part that has led to some confusion as well, that there is some kind of a notable distinction between socialism and communism, and there isn't. Here's what I mean. First, please read the piece at the show notes today. It's at the top. It's that important. It's an older piece from 2015 from the Mises blog named after von Mises. And it talks about, it's a short piece, but it talks exactly about this topic, how there is no difference, ladies and gentlemen, between political and economic freedom. There is no substantive difference for you. When one is lost, the other's lost. They are inextricably connected. You cannot separate the two. They are, they are, they are, they are, they are married. They are married, surgically attached to one another. The idea that, Socialism is an economic system, while communism is a political system, is a distinction liberals want you to believe. Friedrich Hayek wrote an entire book, The Road to Serfdom. If you haven't read it, by the way, it's a must read for any conservative. It is in, it's up there with Vision of the Anointed by Thomas Sowell. It's one of the greatest books I've ever read. It is, it is a reason it's been a bestseller for 7,000 years. Slightly hyperbolic, but you get the point. Friedrich Hayek in The Road to Serfdom explains this beautifully. Political freedom and economic freedom are the are the same. There's no notable distinction between the two. So insisting that communism is a political system while socialism is an economic system, but they both suck away your freedom mm-hmm. is, is a meaningless distinction that liberals want you to believe that. Liberals want you to believe that democratic socialism is somehow different. It is not. Now, a line from the piece in the in the Mises blog, which I, I hunted down. I had to go to my pocket app and scroll down probably 20 or 30 times. I had saved this thing so long. There's a cool app called Pocket, and uh, you can save articles that you want to go back to. I had to scroll down. It was all the way, all the way at the bottom. It must have had a thousand articles in there. Here's a line from the piece. Economic government interventions are coercive by, by nature. Anytime the government intervenes in the economy, the fact that you voted for the people who did it is irrelevant. You're still not free. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, no, no. It's a politically free system. We voted for them. Yeah, but they stole your stuff. Economic interventions in the market, whatever they may be, ladies and gentlemen, are by nature coercive because those economic interventions either stop you from doing something you wanted to do or they take money from you that you worked for to do something you didn't want to do with the money yourself. Or else you would have. Please, please understand this. Because I get these emails a lot. There is no difference between communism and socialism. That's a liberal talking point. Liberals want to distinguish between the two, even though they know there's smart liberals, by the way, know there's no difference between the two because communism's scary and socialism sounds like free stuff. Socialism and communism are both scary because they both lead to death and destruction. Look at what's happening in Venezuela. Another article I have in the show notes today from Breitbart, where, Joe, they are now lining up in Caracas Mm -hmm. and outside Caracas for clean water. There's no more clean water. This is socialism. It's the same thing. Communism and socialism. There's no difference. Who you vote for doesn't matter if they can coerce you into doing things. Think about it. Economic interventions by the government. One, stop you from doing things. 
You, Joe wants to sell whatever it may be. Joe wants to sell computers from his house. Right. The government intervenes. Joe, you can't do that. You need a license. Well, why do I need a license? I want to sell computers. I have some leftover computers. I refurbished. What's the problem? Joe, you've sold too many. In order to do that, you need a business license. I don't want to get a business license. This is the, now All this has done is reduce Joe's liberty. That's a small example, by the way. Yeah. I'm using small examples because the big examples are even more dramatic. You will forfeit over twenty to thirty thousand dollars of your income every single year to pay for health insurance under Obamacare for you and your family. But I don't want to do that. You will. Well, what happens if I don't? We will penalize you by the government. What's the difference who you vote for if that law stands? The political freedom and economic freedom are no different. You still have no freedom. You're not free. What's the difference? What's the difference? Economic liberty predates political liberty. It has to. Secondly, economic interventions by the government involve the forcible taking of your money by the government to spend on things you didn't want to spend the money on yourself. If you wanted to spend that money on health care, you would have done it. You wouldn't have needed a government mandate. You didn't want to. The government had to force, they have the monopoly on the power of force to take your money and put you in jail. Economic freedom is political freedom. Political freedom is economic freedom. There's no difference between the two. A socialist system where the government confiscates wealth, confiscates money, confiscates business, tells you no, that you can't do things. These are inherently coercive systems. I didn't mean to spend a lot of time on this, but it's important you understand that I, I didn't I don't want you to think you're wasting your time here. I didn't miss it yesterday. I was making that point specifically that th- this these euphemisms for government control of the economy, communism, socialism, democratic socialism, the nanny state, they're all interrelated. They all mean essentially the same thing. The taking away of free decisions you would make by yourself, by government bureaucrats. If you would have made the decisions yourself, you don't need the government to order you to do it. Does that make sense? Bingo. You can't have it both ways. I'm free to spend my money uh, this way. Well, you better spend your money. Well, you didn't need the government otherwise. The government's telling you to do it because you didn't want to do it. Because if you wanted to do it, the government wouldn't have to tell you to do it. Read the piece. It's really, really good um, in the in the Mises blog. It's important because I, I just I, I don't want you to get lost. That's a liberal argument. No, 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 Dan. I mean, I, when I do it, when I get into socialism fights on Twitter, I get this all the time. You're an idiot. You're yeah. mistaking communism for socialism. No, you're an idiot. It's the same thing. You don't understand political and economic freedom being married together. It doesn't matter who you vote for if you're not free to celebrate the fruits of your own labor, to earn private property, and to purchase things by your own free will in a free market. It doesn't matter. What does political freedom matter? I voted for Joe. I voted for Bobby. What did they do? They both stole my stuff. Oh, okay. But I'm free. I'm free. It's not, it's not communism. I'm free to vote. You get Joe, you get it? Yeah, voting in a new set of thieves. Voting in a new set of thieves. Thank you, (laughs) producer Joe. Communism and socialism are the exact same thing. The diminution of individual freedom, political and economic, it's the same thing. I'm telling you, I get it right. The Twitter thing, it never ends. Don't buy into that. Go read Hayek. I, I, you know, maybe one day I'll do a special on that book alone. There's so many. That'd be cool. There's probably 10, 15 major league takeaways from the road to serfdom that'll change your life if you've never read the book. And that's one of them, that there is no substantial difference between political and economic freedom. When you take away one, you take away the other. There's no way around it. Okay, I'm going to read this, and then uh, I want to get rolling about the most important story you're not hearing about. Again, another major break in the Awan Brothers scandal. This thing, this story, the House IT scandal, is just a disaster. And it's only getting worse. Uh, just, I'm furious the media is not covering this thing. And I'm t- I know why, by the way. It's all related to the DNC. Hacked, 
the hack of the service. It was a hack. Really? The FBI checked that out? No, not yet. All right, Blinkist. We love Blinkist. I was uh, just using this the other day, as a matter of fact. If you're like me, the list of books you want to read are those people, uh, the books that they suggest to you is never-ending and always expanding. Matter of fact, my friend Gail Trotter, who Jono sent out a tweet yesterday, books I've yet to read, books I've read, and they're like this equally high stack. It's tough to get through them all. You simply don't have the time to read them all. Our sponsor, Blinkist, has solved your long list of must-reads once and for all. Go check this out. Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of the best-selling nonfiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements, so you can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes all on your phone. With Blinkist, you'll expand, you'll expand your knowledge and learn more in just 15 minutes than you can in almost any other way, plus you can listen anywhere. I like to listen in my car on trips. There's some great ones on there, by the way. Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith. You ever wanted to understand Adam Smith and basic economic history? You'll get the uh, you'll get the blinks from it. Uh, Fool by Randomness by Taleb, one of my favorite books. You can go check them out. The Blinkist Library is massive, from timeless classics like Think and Grow Rich to current bestsellers. Uh, like I said, uh, Adam Smith on you got Taleb on there. You got some really good books. Blinkist is currently curating and adding new titles from the best of list, so you're always getting the most powerful ideas in a made-for-mobile format. That's the best part. I get book recommendations all the time. I just don't have time um, to un- unfortunately read every one, but you'll get the the snaps and the blinks of these books, and you'll get the key insights and the takeaways without having to get through the whole thing. And if you like the key insights, then go by all means read the whole book. Sometimes you may get the key insights and not need it. Five million people are using Blinkist to expand their minds 15 minutes at a time. Get started today. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist, Blinkist, that's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Dan. That's Blinkist.com slash Dan to start your free trial or get three months off your yearly plan when you join today. That's Blinkist.com slash Dan, Blinkist.com slash Dan to start your free trial or get three months off your yearly plan. Blinkist.com slash Dan. Check it out. They have Tools of Titans, The Snowball, Get Smart by Brian Tracy, a couple other titles there too. Remember, 88% of financially successful people read at least 30 minutes per day. They are hungry for knowledge. Go get hungry. Try Blinkist.com slash Dan. All right. This Awan scandal up at the house getting ugly. Big time ugly. Uh, Luke Rosiak, who's been all over this thing at the Daily Caller, has a report out. I put a piece in the uh, Washington Examiner up at the show notes today uh, as well. Joe, we now find out through... uh, uh, the the house basically the security folks up on the up in the up in the house up on up on Capitol Hill mm-hmm. that some of you may forget. Let me just give you a quick background here. That there was these, these Pakistani brothers that were hired by Debbie Wasserman Schultz to manage IT systems up in the house. Now they gained access to over forty members of the house. They're all Democrats. This is why you're not hearing about the scandal, by the way. Forty Democrats. They managed to gain access to their email systems. They made they they there were unauthorized entries made into their email systems, somewhere close to 5,000 unauthorized entries. And a lot of this was done through a, a key server that would have had some kind of remnants of these unauthorized infiltrations into these house members' email systems. Let me be clear what I'm telling you. There were some Pakistani brothers with some suspicious connections and some questionable history. They were not background checked. Amazingly, they were hired to run the IT systems of select members of the House of Representatives. They were all Democrats. One of them was left and is now the Attorney General Becerra of California. They gained unauthorized access to their emails and they have extremely suspicious ties and some questionable backgrounds. That's enough right there to be like tier one nuclear bombshell right now. Mm. Now we find out, well, we, Luke kind of knew about this. Luke Rosiak's been reporting about this Daily Caller for a while. But now we have confirmed, Joe, that the server that unquestionably would have shown some footprints of these infiltrations where these guys uh, were reading, mm-hmm. potentially reading the emails of these House members. And we don't know what they were doing with them or who they were giving them to. The server that would have shown the electronic footprints of that. This is this is a Chris story is amazing. This is like a spy novel. There was a server turned over to investigators up in the Capitol. They turned over a server. Right. So you see where I'm going with this. So the investigators up uh, up in the Capitol who were looking into this case, they look at the server and they check out the back and they're like, hey, there's something interesting about these serial numbers. This is not the server can that was part of this 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 operation 
the unauthorized infiltrations into the House members. This is this is a different server. Folks, somebody swapped out the server up on the hill and gave the investigators, the, uh, the, the, the hill investigators looking into this case, gave them a different server. Do you believe this story? Now, I don't want to, I just want to ask questions here, and I'm not doing it to be a wise guy. But Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who is a congresswoman here in Florida, who is awful, by the way, awful, arrogant, awful, just a, not a good person. Debbie Wasserman Schultz was running the DNC right around the time this happened. These guys had access to Debbie Wasserman Schultz passwords and her email account. Remember, it was the DNC hack we discussed during yesterday's show that started this whole Russian collusion case. When I say the DNC hack, I'm using the dreaded air quotes here for hack, because again, for the umpteenth thousandth time, we don't know it was hacked because the DNC never called in the FBI. They used a private company called CrowdStrike and did not allow the FBI in. Why would you do that? Why would you keep the FBI out if you're so sure the Russians hacked the DNC? Huh. Maybe, kind of, sort of, you may have something to hide. Don't you find it a little odd that these Pakistani brothers with these questionable ties that were never background checked, that these same guys may have had access to DNC equipment, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who they were working for, had on her team, and we know they had access to her passwords. Folks, this is the biggest scandal you are not hearing about in the media. They swapped out the server. What are they hiding? What are they hiding on that server? Where is the server? The server they turned over is not the server, is is not the one that has the footprints from the actual intrusions into the email system. This case gets more suspicious by the day. Read the piece in the Examiner. It's short. It links to Luke Rosiak's piece in there, too. Check them both out. Luke has been all over this. And you'll see, this is the one case the media, for some bizarre reason, I have my suspicions, keeps silencing and keeps trying to brush under the rug, folks. Deeply, deeply disturbing stuff. Okay, uh, a couple more things I want to get through. Uh, Last night, if you watched Ingram... Uh, I was on Laura Ingram last night, the Ingram angle, uh, mm. angle on Fox. Joe was that. Joe goes to sleep at like yes. six o'clock. Yeah, um, t- because he's got Joe's got a lot going on. Uh, I, I debated Chris Hahn, and I know Chris. Uh, you know he's all right. He's a Democrat liberal, but sometimes he says things, and I got uh, I got just set off last night. I just um, I uh, I really did. I was very upset last night. And what? Just so you guys understand too, uh, the, just how Fox and that and it works. I have a studio in my house. It's the same studio I record this from. Mm-hmm. There's a black box camera that sits in front of me, and you stare into it. There's no one else here. I close my office door. It's just me. It's me. Well, the camera guy comes in here too, but even that's going to change soon. But it's just me. There's no staff. There's no you know. There's some lights that blare in your face but that's not a that wasn't an act last night uh if some of you saw it i think sometimes people who know me you know because i do these appearances on fox and some of them are, are are you know little milk toast and some of them are you get riled up but that's it's never ever an act chris said something last night that set me off and it's really starting to bother me and anytime you hear it from your liberal friends you need to cut that off immediately Chris last night talking about the Russia investigation brought up this line again that's driving me crazy. This this liberal line because they're now they're not finding anything on Russian collusion, Joe. Right. Um, it's it's now been two, uh, two years and they're starting to find out quickly that this is a huge dud that there's no there there. So the liberal lie now is, well, if Trump has nothing to worry about, then why complain about the investigation? Folks, I lost it on this guy because I am so tired of hearing this. That is not how our justice system works. That's not how it works. The justice system doesn't work that way. You are innocent until proven guilty, not guilty until proven innocent. Please understand. I I brought up this point last night. I wasn't trying to be dramatic. When you have the awesome power to take someone's freedom and liberty sanctioned by the government because they have a monopoly on force, like I did as a police officer and as a federal agent, 
And many people have. It wasn't something like, uh, I wasn't knighted. No one put the sword on my shoulder. Dan Bongino, you now have the power to take liberty. It's just when you become a federal agent, that's what happens. You have the power to take someone's uh, liberty. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a frightening power. If you have a heart, it is. I can't say this enough. And the fact that liberals now want to unleash that power on potentially innocent people and their justification for doing it is, well, those innocent people have nothing to worry about if they didn't do anything wrong, is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. What are you, tyrants? What is wrong with you people? Are you, this is mob rule? Folks, I, when I was an agent, right, I was involved in, I don't know, 20 arrests, if not more. You know, federal cases aren't like local crimes. They take a long time. It's not like the NYPD where you can make two, three arrests a night if it's a busy night. Um, that's not the way it works. When you're a federal agent, you have to methodically build up a case. You have to go swear to warrants. You have to go get grand jury subpoenas. By the time you make the arrest, it could be six months. It could be a year. It could be longer. Mm -hmm. But I was involved in a lot of these. And a lot of these people were really, really bad people. But I'm, I'll, I know the guy's name. I remember it like it was yesterday. I will never forget an early morning raid we did on a guy's house. We had an arrest warrant, a search warrant was in Nassau County and I was there with the, the local police were with us and you know you want to hit early because you want to make sure they're home and the guy had kids and he was a bad guy but ladies and gentlemen I'm telling you when you take out those handcuffs and you look at the, you really you look into their eyes and they realize their life is over that you just shut them down completely I knew what the guy had done he was a really bad guy and, and you may look at me differently because of it, and that's fine. But I don't consider it weakness at all. I really felt bad for this guy. I didn't regret what I was doing. I knew we were stopping him. And I knew he had to pay for it. But gosh, it the guy had kids, man. His kids were crying. The wife was crying. And I, he was wrong. Unquest- I knew this was the guy. This wasn't one of those cases where it was even like close. We were beyond probable cause at that point, believe me. But it, it hurt a little bit. It did. And and, and, and again, I'm, I'm sorry if, uh, you know, some of you may have a skewed image of of me from seeing some of my fiery appearances, but I, it did. It was I thought about it for days, if not weeks. The guy's kids, what were they going to think? Were the, what were the guy Were the kids going to remember me and be like, that was the guy who ruined my dad's life? I, I just I couldn't get it out of my head watching the wife and and the wife and the tears and the, and the, and the husband. And he was a bad guy. Folks, it is an awesome power. I don't mean awesome in a qualitatively good way. I'm talking about powers of magnitude here. It's scary. Now, imagine that story I just told you, which is that happened. That's not, you know, it wasn't exaggeration for effect. Imagine doing that to someone who wasn't really a bad guy, who may have made some bad life mistakes, but his prosecution by the federal government system is certainly not some kind of a national priority. Imagine even worse, finding those handcuffs on yourself and you did nothing wrong. Put yourself in that position. Five o'clock in the morning, there's a knock at your door. Secret service, open up. You open a door, sir, put your hands behind your back. I have to get dressed, sir. We didn't ask you to get dressed. Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind you, but the handcuffs go on. You haven't even brushed your teeth. You're sitting there half naked. Sir, we're going to search the house. Is anybody else here? Yeah, my wife and kids. We're going to go wake them up. Stand right here. Can you imagine that? Kids are crying. Wife's crying. Got the kids. You got to get... No, you guys all have to go up front. I'm sorry. Come on, kids. Wife's half dressed. Imagine you did nothing wrong. Neighbors are coming over. Uh, ma'am, excuse me, can you stay outside? I'm sorry, we have a, a search warrant here. We're, a search warrant? For who? Uh, Joey? Yeah, Joey. Yeah, what did he do? Ma'am, we can't talk about that. Whole neighborhood's out there. News crew shows up. Imagine you did nothing wrong. Mm. Now do you understand why I am so bothered by this Trump case? Folks, this terrifies me. 
because it's clear that people like Chris do not understand that. And he came back with some, you know what, he's not here to defend himself, so I'm trying to be somewhat fair, but he came back with an absurd comment. Oh, I'm a lawyer. I understand how it works. You don't understand how it works. You have never, ever looked a guy in the eye while slapping handcuffs on him and watches the tears flowing down from his wife's face and his kids coming out of the room crying, hugging their stuffed animals because they're so terrified. You've never seen that. You've never seen that at all. Don't tell me you're a lawyer. You get it. You get him in court later on when everything's sterile. It's a terrifying power. That's why I'm begging the liberals who listen to my show, regardless of your feelings for Donald Trump or the team or elsewhere, to constantly defend and stand up for government, uh, for, for stand up against government abuses like this. They have never, there's no crime here. There is no crime of collusion. We opened an open invented, uh, open-ended investigation against an American citizen, Donald Trump and his team, for a crime that no one can even prove happened. This is the danger of this. Oh, if you didn't do anything wrong. Nonsense, folks. I'm sorry. It is complete, utter nonsense. And until you've looked someone in the eye and watched that happen, it changed your whole life. And I'm not talking about for the better. I, I know some of you may think, you know, you watch Starsky and Hutch once or twice and, you know, or Hawaii Five-0, oh, book them, Dan-O, and you get them at the end and everything ends. Well. That's not how the real world works, man. All right? That's not how it works. Granted, you go get a serial killer or a child molester, yeah, that probably feels pretty good to get them off the street. You know, I don't think a lot of people are going to have any reservations about that. But when you get a guy for a financial crime who was desperate, who stole money from people, he did wrong. The right thing to do is get him off the street. But, Joe, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you play tough guy. Yeah, I didn't didn't lose an ounce of sleep over it because I'm a real badass. No, that's not the way it works in the real world. Real people have real feelings. And, you know, if any sense of empathy, when you see that, some kid crying about his dad, you know, it, it hurts. That's why, by the way, real world experience matters. That's that's why I'm having increasing, increasingly, Joe and I have had this conversation often, by the way, kind of off the air, but. I'm not trying to toot our own horn here about how, you know, oh, show's so good. But Joe's been around, believe me, like a lot, yeah. like around a long time. Um, I'm not even going to go into the details, but Joe knows hard knocks as good as anyone. Yes. Sometimes super hard knocks. He knows financial troubles. He knows real world troubles. So do I. I. I've had real jobs in the real world where we've seen real pain and real people and real anguish. And I have a hard time listening to a lot of these shows anymore. That's why I've kind of tuned a lot of them out. Where people talk about things so authoritatively who have had zero experience in the actual real world. You know where I'm going with that. I'm just, I'm really, I'm sorry, but I'm kind of done with it. Go out there and put handcuffs on somebody and watch what happens in the real world. The real pain in people's eyes. The loss of freedom. What it's like to actually take someone's freedom away. And then go be a liberal talk show host. Talk about how great the Trump investigation is. I think you'd have a different take on it. All right, one final story we'll run for the day. And I appreciate you bearing with me on that. I don't mean to, this is when I was bare my soul days. I just, uh, it just bothered me last night. And when do you think I was, you know, acting for TV? I wasn't. I was perfectly calm and sedated going on the <laughs> air. <laughs> sedated, like someone gave me a tranquilizer dart before the show. But uh, it just annoyed me when he said that because it, it's, that's, how, that's how tyranny starts. There's a great article in the show notes by uh, Kurt uh, Schlichter. I think it's Schlichter. Is it Schlichter or Schlich? I don't even know. But uh, there's a good article up. It's up at Town Hall. It's up at the show notes today about just the continued humiliation of the Never Trump movement on this second Supreme Court nomination. I can really do the piece no justice. You'll have to read it, but I can sum it up in a minute and a half or less. Guys, ladies, the Never Trump thing. uh, It's over. It's over. You've been utterly, completely humiliated. I'm sorry. It's not shouting fraud. I'm not trying to rub anything in. Um, again, I endorsed Cruz. I, I, I was a, I, I was the Donald Trump supporter after the uh, the primary, but I was a Cruz guy, um, and I still like Ted Cruz a lot. I have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for him. But it's now clear the tax cuts, the deregulatory push, the Supreme Court. Of course, there's always going to be a couple things we disagree with. I know a lot of disputes about tariffs. You know my stance on that. If you're a regular listener. 
But with this second Supreme Court nomination, um, I think it's time the Never Trump movement. Uh, wrap it up, fellas. You pretty much lost. You've been utterly, completely humiliated. You are on the wrong side of history. You do not believe in facts. You do not believe in data. And Schlichter just destroys them in this piece in town hall. Um, it is an evisceration like I've never seen before. <laughs> but it's really time for the Bill Crystals and the George Wills of the world. Uh, guys, yeah, do your thing. Free country. Support your right to speak out freely, but you're just making yourself look like idiots now, okay? Especially if we get a good, solid conservative, another one on the Supreme Court, and potentially another one after this, too. Imagine who Hillary Clinton would have appointed. Your Second Amendment rights, your right to your money, your Obamacare, your right to your health care freedom, all of that would have been in jeopardy. Wrap it up, guys. Wrap it up. All right. Thanks a lot, folks, as I always end the show with now, uh, because it's really important to us. Please subscribe to the podcast. If you wouldn't mind, I humbly ask you, subscribe on iTunes, or you can follow on iHeart, SoundCloud, Spotify, as well as another one. These subscriptions, uh, they're free. You don't have to do anything. You just hit the subscribe button, are what actually moves us up the top charts. And we have been, uh, we are now, uh, today, I believe, we're the number two conservative podcast in the country because of you. But the subscriptions and the follows really matter. Please do that for us. We'd really appreciate it. I humbly ask. Uh, Thank you so much for your continued support. I appreciate it. And again, we will have a show for you tomorrow. It'll be an original show. It's not going to be some best of. We don't do that here. So tune in tomorrow. Thanks a lot, folks. See you later. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.